For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high-quality meats. And now, we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, aka the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Today on episode 65, I'm bringing back Sherry Trexler from The Vireo Life so that we can bring together intuitive eating, with exercise. And I think that summer is the perfect time to adopt healthy lifestyles. A lot of people think that, you know, January 1st with the new year is the best time to implement healthy habits. But you know what? For teachers, the best time is actually when school is out for the summer. Welcome to the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, where we help new and beginning teachers navigate through those crazy first years of teaching so you can maintain your sanity and personal life. Here's your host, Kim LaPree. Welcome to the Teachers Need Teachers podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kim LaPree, and this is the podcast for new and beginning teachers who don't want to just survive those first few years, but actually thrive. I'm glad that you came back for the third part of this series. If you missed episodes 63 and 64, Sherry and I go over intuitive eating as well as exercise, and those are really important episodes if you're going to get the most out of this episode. So I highly suggest that you listen to episode 63 and then 64 first, and then come back here to episode 65. So before I dive into my interview with Sherry, if you're someone who has been enjoying this podcast and you've been listening to this for the past year, and if you're interested in getting videos of me podcasting, if you want exclusive updates that nobody else gets, such as future episode ideas, how I plan my lessons, how I do my grading, just basically like the insights on how I teach and why I do what I do when I teach, then you should definitely sign up to be an awesome supporter. You can get these benefits on a regular basis if you head over to teachersneedteachers.com forward slash support. This is Casey Bell, host of the Shake Up Learning Show and a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Well, thank you, Sherry, for coming on again. You guys, this is the third part of our series for getting healthier and 
becoming better at eating and exercising this summer. And now this is bringing it all together, the glue that holds it all together, which is habits, habit forming. So, um, you know, I'm worried about this part personally, which is why I asked Sherry if she could come back for a third week to talk about it. Now, Sherry, for those listeners that are just now coming into episode 65, can you please tell us a little briefly about yourself and what you do? Yes, I am a personal trainer, a health coach, speaker, author in the wellness industry. I have been doing this for, actually, I didn't say this on any of the other two podcasts, but I've been doing this for 30 years now. Uh, I've been very, very blessed to get to do what I love to do, help people stay well. And my master's is in health promotion from Vanderbilt University. Bachelor's is in exercise science. I grew up as the child of two teachers. So this is near and dear to my heart to be able to help teachers live healthy. And as I mentioned in the previous episodes, we're talking about intuitive eating and exercise. Why is it so hard for us to create good lifelong habits? Why do we default to the bad stuff? One is the neurological reasons um, that, you know, we're already in patterns of living that don't serve us. It's a habit to go home and watch a video and eat mindlessly versus stopping by the park to walk. Um, You've got thinking patterns that make it tough. You may not believe that you can do it. So why even try? Um, I would say, though, Kim, that one of the biggest reasons is people have been led to believe that a habit. Oh, let's play with this. I'm going to I'm going to ask a question. You do not have to answer this. I'm going to ask a question. and Everybody can just think on their own. Okay. how long does it take to make a lifestyle habit? Just think your answer to yourself. You're probably thinking about 21 to 30 days. And because that's what all of us have been taught. And for a singular habit, like I'm going to drink a glass of water when I first get up in the morning, maybe that's true. I still doubt it because a lot of experience and research shows that's not true. But even if that is true, that's a singular habit. That's not a lifestyle change that affects so much of your life and so many of your habits. It gets easier at 21 days, but the identity shift doesn't happen until later. So if let's say, Kim, you were just starting to exercise and just starting a walking program, it would be easy for you to say, oh, I walk. This is an activity that I do. Mm -hmm. But to make the identity shift of I am a walker, I am an exerciser, that actually takes six months. Oh, wow. So where a lot of people get in trouble is they put all these supports in place for 21 or 30 days. And then they're like, oh, I've got this. And those supports go away. And then the habit drops off. I had a woman come up to me at a gym once that she was so excited. And she said, this six month thing, this, this is so right. And I said, okay, great. Tell me, tell me your story. What happened? She was a businesswoman who traveled for business. She had always been an on-again, off-again exerciser. Always started January 1st, would be, you know, off the wagon by February 1st. And she took a hold of this six-month thing, put these frame, put these steps, this framework in place. She went on a two-week business trip, totally threw her routine out of out of balance, 
She came back in on a Sunday afternoon. She got her clothes ready for the next day, got her workout bag packed for the next day, got her lunch ready for the next day, et cetera. She's in the middle of her workout when she realizes that afternoon, I'm here, I'm at the gym. This, uh, I, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. And it was just, it was an eight to her. It was part of who she was at that point. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, you know, it's like you had mentioned, yeah, we can develop a habit, but as soon as we decide that it's hard, I feel like, you know, any kind of resistance, then we start coming up with excuses. And so, you know, for me, that's kind of what happens. It's like, you know, it's, I don't like this. This is hard. I'm not seeing any results instantly. This isn't working. And so what are some <laughs> mm -hmm. other ways that people sabotage their own progress when they're trying to develop a lifestyle change? One of them is having too many commitments. Uh, and this we alluded to in our last episode where I told folks, pick a habit or pick a goal. Mm -hmm. And if you have too many commitments, you can't focus. Uh, focus strengthens, diffusion weakens. If you compare a sun and a laser, you know, if you have a laser focused on something, you're going to get some results with it. So pick one activity, do that for a week or two, and then layer it, you know, so maybe it's, okay, you want to eat healthier. What that might look like is add more vegetables. So get some recipes that you like, try out some new ones. And then after that, you might add in something else, add more water or add walking after dinner for two nights a week. It's just stair-stepping it in. And that's one reason it can take six months is because you're stair-stepping in smaller commitments. And then what if I fall off the wagon, though? Because that's, you know, that's what everyone talks about. It's like, well, I was going to go on this eating plan and I fell off the wagon. And so since I already ate a pizza, I also ate a pint of ice cream. So why even bother? I've already screwed up all of my progress. So what sh what type of thought processes should we go through when we're feeling that shame and wanting to give up because we messed up? Well, one of the things we talked about in the first episode of, you know, the diet mentality is what you just described. And that is, oh, I've, you know, have this plan and I fell off of it. So forget it. Well, with intuitive eating, the thought process is what can I learn from this? It's not the end of the world that I ate the whole thing of ice cream. So what can I learn from it? And you journal about that and you then take corrective steps the next time. Another reason sometimes people fall off the wagon and something that they should do instead of falling off the wagon or that can help prevent that is something I call a micro commitment. And that is something you know you can do no matter what. Let me give you a couple of examples. And also actually with what you just talked about, Kim, of the ice cream. Mm -hmm. a, let's, let's take that one first. So a micro commitment with ice cream might be, if I'm going to have ice cream, my micro commitment is I am going to put it in a bowl. So you can oh. have the whole tub of ice cream if you want, right. have at it, <laughs> but it goes in a bowl, not out of the canister. You know, so it's something, you know, you can do uh, a micro commitment, a micro commitment related to exercise. I actually learned this from a client who she was in the foyer of the gym knitting. And so I went up to her and I was kidding her. And I said, 
you're supposed to be upstairs exercising. What are you doing down here knitting? (laughs) And she said, Sherry, I am exhausted, but it's my day to be here. So I'm here. Oh, and I said, we need to talk because this was 20 years ago. I said, we need to talk. Tell me about this. And since research has actually come out about these micro commitments and how powerful they are. And I was like, Oh, I already learned that from a client 20 years ago. But her deal was she knew at the end of an exhausted day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She she couldn't face exercising, but if at least if she stayed consistent in coming to the gym, it would stick with her. It would become a habit to be there. Another girl, after I had given her this information, and she took a hold of it. She, I saw her on walking track one day and she was excited about being on the walking track. And she said, you know, Sherry, today was one of those days I left work and I was spent there. I was just going to go home and veg out on the sofa and eat my ice cream. But I thought, well, you know, I don't have to work out. My only commitment was I was going to go show my membership card. I mean, that was her micro commitment was walk in the front (laughs) door, show her membership card and turn around and leave. Well, what was she doing when I saw her? She was walking on the track because, of course, what happens when you keep that micro commitment, it gets you over that hurdle nine times out of 10. And you're able to then go ahead and, well, you know, I'm already here. I might as well walk a lap. Oh, I've already walked a lap. I might as well walk a half mile. So whether it's eating or exercise related, having some type of micro commitment, you know, you can keep no matter what. You know, if you're wanting to become a walker, maybe it's putting on your walking shoes, You don't even have to open the front door. Just put on the walking shoes. Something so you shift into that identity. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm thinking back with the food example. So, yes, I ate the entire pizza and I'm now craving chocolate. But maybe I take out one piece of chocolate, wrap everything back up and put it back in the pantry. And then if I want more, then I have to do that every single time. You know. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you could you could eat the whole bar if if for some reason you were like, I'm just going to binge on it and I'm going to have the whole bar. But maybe your micro commitment is that you have to pause in between each piece. Right. I like that because it makes it seem like I'm not giving in, but I'm not restricting myself. It's it's definitely a psychological game mm-hmm. with it this. Is. Yeah. We have to talk ourselves out of it, it seems like. And it's, it's that micro commitment gives you pause. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I don't really feel like exercising. Well, doing that little bit of something, putting on your walking shoes, changing clothes, showing up at the gym, even if you turn around and leave it, it keeps it top of mind. Or if it's eating related, that pause or that putting it in the bowl, it's one tiny step to remind you of this is who I'm becoming. I'm, right. you know, I'm not going to forever eat an entire pint of ice cream every night. Mm-hmm. This is my first little step in toward what I want to do. 
And that's interesting because earlier you had discussed, you know, how it's an identity shift. And I remember reading somewhere where something that you can say to yourself is, I am the type of person who. And Ooh, then, I like that. Yes. you know, then you add that. And I started to think about that. So like, I'm the type of person who goes to the gym twice a week. So then when you're even saying it to other people, they're like, oh, I'm CrossFit. Oh, I, you know, do this. And you can identify and say, well, I'm the type of person who goes twice a week and that's all I can do. And, and I thought that was interesting because then it's not a habit. It's just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you will, however you see yourself, that's what you're going to line up with. Mm-hmm. So if you see yourself as, so let's say somebody is a runner, right? Versus someone who has been running for a week. Well, around Christmas, they both aren't running around Christmas. <laughs> okay. So we ask the person who's a runner, Hey, are you a runner? They say, yeah, even though they've not run for a week, right? You ask the person who ran the first of December, are you a runner? Well, no, because they don't see themselves that way yet. So you have to identify with that. Yep. Right. Now, something that also makes it difficult, I feel like, to develop good habits, whether it be eating or exercise, is that everyone around you seems to be sabotaging your efforts all the time. You have the friend who's saying, well, I took the time to make this. Aren't you going to eat it? Or, you know, someone bought you something or gave you something and they guilt you into it. Or you see everyone else around you drinking beer and you're like, well, everyone's drinking beer, even though I know that's not really what my body wants. You know, how do we still develop good habits when everything and everyone, you know, they want us to be a lazy, gluttonous pig? Oh, I love this, Kim. Okay. So specific to the, there's kind of a, a, a meta answer to use the, the phrase you love that you said a couple of times ago that I really liked. So there's kind of a meta answer, but then there's also a real practical. So I'll go practical first. You said someone's made this thing for you and they, or they bought this for you and they're trying to guilt you into eating it, even if you don't really want it. Right. Well, two factors with that. One is, you know, I really want to be able to savor this and I'm not hungry right now. So I wouldn't be able to enjoy all the effort that you put into this. So I'm going to wrap it up and take it home and be able to enjoy it later when I really can savor it because you're still honoring them. And in fact, you're honoring them more because you're like, Oh man, you did a lot of stuff with this. I want to get the most out of it. I can. Uh, The other is to frankly not care. Uh, there was a, there was a, oh yeah, I was at a, I was at a party. This is going to be horrible. I hope, um, I want everybody to listen to your podcast, except the person that I'm telling on. Um, and she's, she's not, she's not a teacher. Um, <laughs> no, I might share this with her just so she knows this. Anyway, it was at a party that was given for me. Mm-hmm. So I was the person being honored in this party. And they, the people putting it on thought they were doing this great thing by what they had catered in, but I didn't want any of it except the rice. Okay. So I had some rice and they were like, you don't want this and you don't want this. And they had gone to all this effort and all I wanted of what they had was the rice. So that's what I had. And what's so funny is on part of me was like, they are going to be so offended but it turned out they were totally cool with it. 
Hmm. So some, sometimes, sometimes people will get offended. And if they are, they are, it's your body, you own your body. They don't. Right. That's a good point. Um, but there is still yeah. that peer pressure. Like when oh, someone yeah. brings donuts, you know, for the staff on teacher appreciation day and, you know, and I, I talked about this in the intuitive eating podcast where, you know, I have to eat as if I've never had donuts before. It's this mental thing. And so I'm going to go and I'm like, I'm falling off the wagon today and, and that's fine. And even though it's a conscious decision, I take responsibility for it. There's just so much shame associated with it later on. And especially when all the staff, they're there eating donuts together. And I feel like I'm not part of this because I'm not eating donuts with all them or Sometimes people will talk about how they're, oh, we're going to go to the gym. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to the gym. So it's just it just seems like people around you aren't necessarily supporting what you're doing. Um, and even though you're telling us to to not care, are there things that we can tell ourselves so that we still don't succumb to the pressure? One of one of the big things, Kim, is and is knowing what your big why is. I want to walk you through this. Um, When, let me give you an example from a client. He, he wanted to make the habit of going to the gym three days a week. Okay. So anytime, so if you, you know, have on a surface level, I want to not eat donuts when I'm at a staff party. Right. You know, so, so whatever kind of your, your core habit is that you want, you ask yourself why, And then you answer that. And then you ask yourself why again, and you keep digging. So for him, it was, I want to go to the gym three days a week. Why? So that I can have more energy. Why? So that I can be more productive with work. Why? Because he was an entrepreneur. So, okay. So if I'm more productive, I'm going to make more money. Why? It, it went down until his core gut level, that big why that just was like, Oh, this really speaks to him is he wanted to be able to buy a large plot of land for his family to build homes on to have for generations and generations and generations to come. In his words, he wanted to leave a legacy. Right. So it was no longer do I want to go to the gym today. It was do I want to leave a legacy for my family today? So once you have your big why for not eating the donuts, mm-hmm. it's easier to not have them when you don't want them. And that social peer pressure and all of that, people will begin to adapt. In fact, this gentleman also had a donut issue, <laughs> but his, his, his donut issue was his mom would always come over and bring donuts. And for the first four or five times that she brought them and the family didn't eat them, she was offended. However, Yikes. she is, yeah, she was offended. However, she's a grown woman. She's responsible for her emotions. They stood their ground, not in a, not in a mean way. It was always like, oh, mom, thank you so much for bringing those. Well, aren't you going to have some, you know, I'm not really hungry right now, you know? And and so it it was never combative or anything like that. It was just gently, you know, this is my choice. This is your choice. Um, By about the fourth or fifth time that she visited, she was bringing fruits and vegetables, and vegetable trays because her goal was for her family to appreciate what she was bringing. And she realized, well, they're glad I'm bringing something, but they're not eating what I'm bringing. So she changed what she was bringing. 
And how about when it's like your spouse or partner or children, you know, you are trying to eat healthier. They think it's gross. They want their, you know, hamburger <laughs> helper. Um, how can we stick with intuitive eating, you know, when everybody else just is like, whatever, you're being weird again, mom, you know, <laughs> I, I think about that because I'm lucky where I have support from my family, but I know of a lot of other people who want so badly to eat better, but it's almost like their family won't let them. Yes. And I've got a friend that that is their exact situation. And she, um, she's the main cook. And sometimes it depends on who the cook is. It's okay. like, this, this is what mom is cooking for dinner. If you want something different, you're welcome to have it, but you're going to have to make it yourself. You know, so that's always one um, solution to that. And there's a lot of solutions, but that's one. Uh, but this particular woman, it's just she and her husband, the kids are already grown and gone and her husband doesn't like the healthy stuff. So she will make the main meal, whatever is going to be healthy that she likes. And then she'll have some side item that he likes that she's probably not going to eat much of. And when they pile up their plates, he's piling up the junk and a little bit of the main dish. Right. Whereas she's having mostly the healthy stuff and might have a bite or two of, of his that she doesn't really want. Uh, but that's her choice. Some people are like, I'm not going to make two separate meals. Right. And so it may be either the kids make their own or a spouse makes their own or you. I've got some families who they alternate nights mm. where, okay, you know, these nights, these are the healthy nights, these night, you know, these two nights, it's going to be beer and pizza or whatever. And the person who's wanting to eat healthy does a big side salad. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And just makes those small adjustments there. Right. Now, since we've spoken, I've been trying to work on some of the things that you discussed on intuitive eating, like talking about the food and, you know, am I hungry? And then just yesterday I talked about the food and then I ate everything. So, you know, how I want to stick with intuitive eating. I want it to be like the name says intuitive not where I have to talk myself through, but I feel like I need more help. So what are some steps and mindset mindset shifts that I need to take so that this becomes a lifestyle change and not just a habit? Let me walk you through five. I had mentioned I've got an eight-part framework, and we've done some of that already, but there's five that really deal with the mindset and that shift. So let me walk you through those. Okay. One, one would be 
to literally change your mindset through visualizing and meditating. So the picture in your mind has to be bigger and more vivid. The words that you tell yourself has to be louder than the old way of thinking. So let me give you an example. If somebody, you know, maybe it's not an eating thing. Maybe they're wanting to manage their stress. So they put a candle in every room in the house so that every time they see that candle, it's a visual reminder that I'm working on my stress management. Uh, For eating and intuitive eating, maybe it's that you set a really nice table Mm -hmm. setting and bring out all your good china. And that's your visual reminder. I am paying attention to my body. And of course, there's always the post-it notes that you can have up and put pictures around of why this is important to you or the habit that you're wanting to make. So visualizing and meditating benefits. We've talked about the big why already, Mm -hmm. but having one big why is sometimes not big enough. Sometimes you want to list as many benefits as you can. And, you know, so let's say with intuitive eating, uh, we've talked initially on the first episode about the the detrimental things that the diet mentality does, how it decreases self-esteem, decreases your trust in yourself, things like that. Right. So the opposite of that is true. And that is the benefits of intuitive eating are it increases your self-esteem. It helps you to have more confidence in yourself. Then the question becomes, how does that help you? Because, you know, as long as it's generic of woohoo, okay, great. I increased my self-esteem. Well, how does that play out in my life? Does that mean I'm able to make friends easier? Does that mean uh, if you're single that you're more comfortable going on a date? You know, whatever it might be, you know, how is that benefit going to help you? Um, You're going to decrease your barriers. And that is the way to do that is you list them all out. Kim, you just every single barrier you can think of, you list them out, you know, too busy, too tired, uh, self-conscious when I go to the gym, whatever it might be. Um, well, actually we're talking about intuitive eating now, but you know, so you list out those out, then you look at how can I eliminate it or how can I work around it? If I'm rushed at lunchtime, use that to your advantage and hyper-focus, you know, you've only got five minutes to eat, but you can hyper-focus for that, that five minutes. Enjoyment, this one, it's so important. Of course, enjoyment is such a part of intuitive eating anyway, where you're supposed to savor your food. But even the process of the cooking and getting the food together, got a friend who, a single woman who likes to cook if -hmm. she's cooking for people, like for a party, for, you know, friends or family coming over. Right. But just to cook for herself, it's like all that effort for just me. Well, number one sidebar is, honey, you're worth it. So, you know, yes, absolutely do that. But if it's not enjoyable, What she came up with was, you know, what if I get together with friends every other week and we do some big batch cooking and then do freezer meals? Oh, okay. Now, yeah. So now she's got healthy foods to choose from and it was an enjoyable process because if it's not enjoyable, you're not going to stick with it. Right. And then the last one, this one really gets into the mindset and that is self-efficacy. That's the fancy word for confidence around a certain activity. So one question to ask yourself is what other changes have you been successful in and use the strengths. So maybe you're a person who's very courageous or you're a person who's adventurous or Mm -hmm. whatever your strengths are that have helped you make other transformations. 
apply those same strengths to this. And then this one is huge. And this is something I actually just learned a couple of weeks ago. And it's called belief stacking. And whatever this belief is that you're wanting to have about yourself. So if your belief that you're wanting to have about yourself is I can be an intuitive eater. Right. List out 50 reasons why that is true. Oh, not right. Not right here on the spot, right. but on paper uh-huh. um, is, you know, actually, that would be fun to have you do that right here. No, <laughs> oh, I'm, <no>. teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But 50 reasons why you can be an intuitive eater. And one of the reasons that this is this gets to my personal story, and I'm going to try not to to get emotional, too emotional with this. One of the reasons that with the intuitive eating and exercise and just self-care in general is so important to me for teachers is any teacher who has a child, especially, I know this is stereotyping, but especially a daughter who is learning by example of how they should treat themselves. When I watched my mom push and push and push and push and push, she would start out every school year. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise. And by October, or late September, even, you know, mm-hmm. that was out the window. And then it was summertime when she would be doing it again. The example that that set for me that then I picked up on was push until you collapse, push until you collapse everybody else and taking care of everybody else is more important than taking care of yourself. Right. And that was not a message that was healthy, but it also set up a pattern with me that it, it did not work for her but it especially didn't work for anyone going into a workforce that you don't have a summer off. You have, you know, a two week vacation split up. Oh, right. You, 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 you don't, you can't push until you collapse and then have five or six or seven weeks to recover because you don't have that. Right. And so the first few years of my working, I kept trying to do it mom style and it was definitely not working. And then I realized, Oh, I can't work the same way that mom did. And of course it didn't really work for mom either, but right. uh, it was, would have been much better for her to, to stay self-care throughout the year. So anyway, that is, that's a benefit for this, for anybody who is a mom or a dad listening is a benefit is not just for yourself, but the benefit of how you're going to train your kids to care for themselves. Right. And I, I think about that too, because I, as many teachers, I work too much or I used to work too much until I realized that all of that work was taking time away from my family. Yes. And, you know, the way that I would eat where I rush with my eating. Um, and luckily, my daughter hasn't picked up on this. She takes her time. And that would be sometimes frustrating for me. I'm like, I'm done. Why aren't you done? Let's be done. (laughs) And I thought it dawned on me. I thought, why am I doing this to her? What she's doing? And she stops when she's full, even though she's not, you know, she didn't clean her plate. That's my hang up. That's not her. She's actually doing what I wish I could do, where she takes her time and is just finished. So I'm glad that you brought that up because sometimes we have, you know, an unintended influence on people around us in a negative way with our Mm -hmm. own habits. And so it would benefit my family if I were to adopt these Um, number one. So I, you know, can kind of eat at the same pace as they do. I'm not rushing through my meals and eating mindlessly, but also Mm -hmm. 
it benefits me because I'll stay healthier and I can live longer. You know, yeah, those cliches where you want to see your kid get married and have kids and all that. I want that, too. Yes, yes. And actually, you brought up a really good point, Kim, and that is not just that we can have an unintended negative influence on those around us by our behavior. We also can have an unintended positive consequence, because as you choose to eat intuitively, as you choose to exercise, as you choose to do those things and take time to give care to yourself, you're giving other people permission to do that for themselves. Right. That's true because they, and also if they see that we can become better, you know, we can make changes. If there's something that they want to change about themselves, a different lifestyle, um, they can do that as well. That is spot on. Now, I feel like maybe it's just me. I feel like changing my eating habits is a little bit easier than changing exercise habits. Okay. Um, and it's a time thing. I, there's always time to eat. I will make time to eat. <laughs> but making time to exercise or sticking with it or even seeing the point. Like I'm at the point right now, Sherry, where whether I work out two times a week or three times a week, I see the same results. Okay. So part of me thought, you know, maybe I don't need to stress out about that third one. Um, I'll just move in some way. But if we're not seeing the results that we want, we tend to just quit. So how can we persevere knowing it's going to take six months and in two months, I'm still the same size? Well, if the six months is around the mindset, if you are exercising for two months and think that, okay, you know, I've been exercising at, you know, this way and I'm not any stronger. I'm not, my stamina is not any better that actually is a cue to go get some help from somebody, a personal trainer, someone to evaluate what you're doing to see if something needs to be changed. Uh, But as far as the mindset around the exercise, one is, and we'll go through kind of the same things is what are the benefits? You know, if it's increased energy and sleeping better again, how will that help you? Because it's, you know, If you're looking at, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk before school or I'm going to walk in the evening after school, even if I'm tired and your whole benefit is, okay, so I can sleep better. That's too generic. That's not going to get you out of the bed to, to go walk or, um, so you're asking yourself then, okay, how is this? If I sleep better, how is that going to help me? If I have more energy, how is that going to help me in the rest of my life? Barriers again, list them out. Um, if you feel as though you're too self-conscious to exercise in a gym, exercise at home. If you feel as though there's not enough time, then do some of the things we talked about in the, in the last podcast of, you know, do snippets of time, you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, but list out all your barriers and do some workarounds to get them in place or to eliminate them. Uh, enjoyment. This one is so huge uh, to get started. If you don't like gyms, let me put it this way with enjoyment is first thing, look at your personality. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who enjoys being with people, then going on a walk by yourself in the park, you're going to be bored out of your mind. Right. Uh, on the flip of that, if you're someone who needs some downtime by yourself and you have been with students all day, going on a walk 
in the park by yourself is exactly what you need to do. Right. Uh, if you're somebody who likes to always be learning and you feel as though, well, if I'm you know, walking or taking this class or on this elliptical or whatever, I'm not learning anything. Well, you know, put on your podcast, listen to teachers need teachers and get your <laughs> exercise in while you're doing that. And you'll be learning something. Uh, if you're somebody who your mind is always going and mm-hmm. you need to rest your mind, you mentioned a pool earlier. There are a lot of research studies and course experience with this of how people can get into a meditative state while they're swimming because it quiets the mind. You've got all the sensory, um, all the, all the senses of hearing dampened. Right. So you're able to, to zone into yourself more. So, you know, whatever it is you need, whatever it is that makes it enjoyable for you, make sure that you loop that into the exercise. Don't just say, Oh, well, my friend did this, you know, body boot camp, And so that's what I'm going to do. Well, that might fit your friend, but it may not fit you. Right. And especially, you know, I've done that before where I went from doing nothing for months and then trying to do a beach body workout and it hurt so much that first day. I was like, and yes. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> this is not yeah. worth it. I can't do this, you know, and see it to the end. And I think if you ease into movement first before you yes. dive into yes. the body workout. Um, yes. And there's there's actually a formula for that that you can just thumbnail give yourself mm-hmm. is think about whatever you feel like you can do. It's like, yeah, I can go do that and then cut it by half. And that's where you start. So oh. if you feel like if you feel like, you know what, I can do a 30 minute you know, intense boot camp video thing, either cut the intensity by half or just do 15 minutes, do that half for a week or two, and then start slowly building up. That makes sense because I think sometimes our ambition gets ahead of us, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even with dieting or in this case, intuitive eating, we think, okay, I'm going to do all of the four letters, you know, with the hunger and all of that. And I'm going to master them at the same time. But once you drop the ball on one of them, you're like, ah, I'm no longer an intuitive eater. And you give up on that. Mm-hmm. Well, and like we talked about with the intuitive eating, so much of the intuitive eating journey is knowing it is a journey. Right. So it's everything is a learning experience. And really, you can approach exercise the same way. If you decide I'm going to become a person who exercises on a regular basis, and that's, you know, that's broad and generic enough that you don't, you know, shame yourself if you miss one day, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to exercise on a regular basis, whatever that looks like. Then as you do those micro commitments, if you miss your micro commitment for three days in a row, it's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're not an exerciser. It means, okay, well, why is that? Is it because we had a major emergency or is it because I forgot about it or, you know, what, what, what is the reason? And you just, dive in and you, the biggest, I guess the biggest thing with all of this is folks quit beating yourselves up. (laughs) Yeah. And so if I wanted to change the habit, so you had mentioned looking at the barriers, Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned, what was it? Micro commitments right now. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot what the other one that you mentioned. Okay. Well, I'll just, I'll just run through all eight of them. Okay. So it can be kind of a whole picture, uh, One is to focus, pick one commitment at a time. One is to do the micro commitment. 
Another is visualize and meditate. Always keep a picture in front of you, either a, a literal picture or something in your environment that's, um, you know, keeping it top of mind for you. Then what are your benefits and amplifying those? What are your barriers and eliminating them or working around them? How are you going to help yourself enjoy this? Cause we Enjoyment. stick with what we, en- yes, we stick with what we enjoy. Um, and then the other is self-efficacy, that confidence that we have it. And that's where that belief stacking comes in. Okay. And then how do we put that all together? Oh, <laughs> good question. I mean, that, that seems like a lot for, for you to think about when mm-hmm. all you're trying to do is develop a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because that's one reason it takes six months. And oh, and then the other one, I'm sorry, is social support. So if I if I'm coaching someone and we're saying, you know, where do we want to start with this? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to put all eight things in place at once. Right. The most important things to do first are your micro commitment, your benefits, especially getting down to that level of the big why and your social support. Okay. So your micro commitment, you know, what's that tiny thing you're going to do on a daily basis to start changing your identity? Who around me can help me with this? And I mean, help may be like, I live, this is a funny story because I live in Tennessee. You live in California. Mm-hmm. One of my clients in Tennessee, his social support is a friend in California that he will text if I don't feel like working out today. Oh, wow. so the friend can text him back, get your butt out of bed and go work out. <laughs> um, so it's, so it can be social support, like a workout partner, or it can just simply be a friend who is, you know, encouraging you to do that. And then having that big, why, you know, get out your journal, you know, I know you journal on the computer. So get out your computer computer and think about what are the benefits and then whichever ones really resonate, dig down and get the big why. And then the other steps on this, it might be that once a week you take one of them and start wrapping your head around, okay, well, what are some of my barriers? And then the next week is, well, what are some things I can do to make this more enjoyable? No, you're not going to sit down. You're very right about that. You're not going to sit down and take five hours in one sitting and work through all eight of these things. Right. So just taking them step by step like you would any other thing that you're trying to learn how to do. Absolutely. Now, we had mentioned in the past two episodes, you have an ebook that yes. is on diet and exercise. Can you um, re- refresh our memory on that again? Yes, it is on my website. And when you go to the main page on my website, there's a place for link for you to get that. And it is overcoming the guilt and shame of diets and getting fit the same way. Okay. And then in addition to that, so I can read that and that will help with the intuitive eating part. And then you have something on the exercise part as well. Yes. So the, of course, the, the ebook covers some getting fit the same way, has some exercise stuff in there. And then also my YouTube channel, I have several exercise related videos that will help. Okay, you guys. So if we go through these eight steps together, I don't know about you. I kind of want to start with the intuitive eating and you, you want to make sure that you get your hands on Sherry's ebook so that we can go through the steps 
we can get through the mindset. I think a lot of it is also the mindset shift, you know, with all the eight steps and, and find our social support. I think that we can do this this summer, you know, no excuses. You have the mental bandwidth to do this because you don't have students and, Love it. you know, it's the best time to really adopt a good habit. And Sherry, where can my listeners find you if they want to pick your brain a little more? Absolutely. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I am on LinkedIn as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and, of course, my YouTube channel. Awesome. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes so that you guys can easily get a hold of her. Well, thank you so much, Sherry, for this amazing three-part series. I know that this is the best time to do this, and I, I couldn't be any happier that you agreed to do this with me. I really appreciate it. It has been absolutely my pleasure, Kim. Okay, you guys. Now, I think we all have to agree that Sherry just brought us so much value in this episode. I, for one, have always wondered how I can adopt habits that stick. But from talking to Sherry, it's not just habits. I think that's part of the problem is that we think that it's just a habit as opposed to a lifestyle, as opposed to something that you identify personally with. And I think that's something that we want to think about. What type of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of person who eats healthily? Is it healthily? <laughs> Healthfully? Are you the type of person who exercises regularly, but for fun, for enjoyment? Or are you someone who exercises out of obligation? Either way, I really found that her tips and her suggestions on how to develop this were really, really useful. And I really like that there are eight specific steps that it takes in order to develop a lifestyle. And eight might seem a lot, but if you think about it, if you shortchange any of those steps, there's always going to be a reason why it's not going to work. There's going to be obstacles or excuses that we come up for ourselves so that we can just revert to our old habits. So I really suggest that you head over to her website so that you can get that ebook on eating dieting and exercise and how to do that the same way. Also her YouTube channel, especially her exercise playlist. So you need to pick one for now. Either you're going to focus on intuitive eating or focus on how to get more movement into your day. And then you can follow Sherry's eight steps so that you can develop that lifestyle easily. I truly hope that you found these episodes valuable and that you're going to take some action on these, regardless of which lifestyle change you decide to make. But remember, you can always come back if it seems like you're falling off the wagon or it seems like you're getting discouraged and you can listen to these episodes again. So I hope that you have a great beginning to your summer and I especially hope you have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening to the Teachers Need Teachers podcast love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcast or Google Play to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.